Welcome to CS Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 64 of CS Radio. I'm Jay Michael DeAngelis. And I'm Amy Len Kirshner. And today we are going through the grab bag. A hodgepodge of topics. A potpourri. A potpourri. A smorgasbord. <laughs> I don't know smorgasbord. I think we have like three on the docket. All right, so <laughs> dim sum. <A> sampling. <laughs> ah, we should have done this live from the dim sum place. Some Yum. Although I'm thing. full from Chipotle. This doesn't well, sound great right now. Well, you know, we didn't plan it out right. <laughs> well, let's reach into the let's reach into the grab bag here. Mm, didn't work. No. <laughs> That was happening in real life, but there was no noise. And uh, our first topic is thank you notes. I came in today and I thought, I want to sing the praises of thank you notes, the unsung hero of the job process. Mm. I think that sometimes it can be assumed that they either don't do anything or they're just like a necessary thing you have to do. Sometimes I fear students don't even send them because they, I don't know, it's kind of a dated thing to do now. My mom always made me send thank you notes whenever I got birthday gifts and things, but it just seems like a fading process. Like, I sent a thank you note the other day to a, a friend my age, um, and she was, like, blown away by it. She's like, oh, my gosh, you're such an adult. I just think they're not really that common anymore. I don't think they are. Yeah, but in a professional setting, especially when interviewing, most of the conversations I've had with students the past couple of weeks have been interviewing questions, negotiating offer questions. So when you're... At this stage in the process where you're kind of negotiating the the end and <laughs> you've got an, inter- uh, an interview and you just want to be, be sure you're following up and saying thanks for your time and consideration. The thank you note can give you the opportunity to maybe address a gap, something that came up in the interview that you didn't feel like you adequately addressed, but also it's just like a necessary thing you need to send to say, I appreciated meeting with you. They expect to see it. I know when we do our interview process, we check did you guys get a thank you note? We got a thank you note. Did everyone see? I thought it was a good thank you note. I thought it was a pretty basic thank you note. People do look at them. So if you can customize them, take a few minutes, talk about something specific that you addressed in the interview that you were excited to learn, that you're excited to bring to the organization, thank you notes a great time for that. Actually, you're, I, I have a question. Oh. So you use the example of interviewing here at Career Services. Now, mm-hmm. we we do large group interviews. It's, Great question. It's not just one or two people in a room. It's like a minimum of four people in a room when we're interviewing because you're usually joining a team, right? So if I come and I interview and the whole college team is there and our director is there and maybe someone from another team is there to Sure, to that's advise, what it is. Exactly. Who am I sending that thank you letter I'm going to say it does not hurt to send one to everyone. And it's okay if it's roughly the same. And it could be maybe that the hiring manager gets a slightly more customized one and then the four other people around the table get the same. That's totally fair. But especially, this is a great point, in career services, we have a bio page. Everyone's photos and short bios are listed with our contact information. So it's not difficult to get any of our email addresses. So with any little bit of legwork, an individual interviewing could reach out to all of us very quickly after. I mean, even the next morning is fine. It doesn't need to be within the next you know, 10 minutes after the interview, but it's impressive if 
everyone gets a message for sure. Um, again, it's a little bit different if it's a setting where it's difficult to obtain some people's contact information. You can't get their email address. And in that case, mm-hmm. it's fine in the in the message to the hiring manager to say, and please send my thanks along to Terry and Jim and Jane or whatever. But do try to do the legwork first. Make sure that there isn't a really clear bio part of the website where you could have gotten that information yourself. So Terry, Jim, Jane. Hope you're listening. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much for your time and consideration. I look forward to working at your company. One final question on thank you notes, email, actual thank you note. Great question. Whatever you can do in the most timely fashion. If you send a letter via post, you may be docked negatively before they receive your message because they could expect it to be via email immediately. So I would say unless you can hand deliver a letter that next day, which you could conceivably do if it's for a promotion in your own office, that could be a nice personal touch. But don't let it either go through the post and take three days to get there or wait two days to deliver a handwritten note. You could do both, certainly, but the email should arrive pretty quickly after by the next day. So email is easiest and safest, and no one thinks less of just an email in 2018. All right. (laughs) All right, let's reach deep into the grab bag for grab question bag number two. Grab bag noises. What if I have made a mistake on my application materials? You had a friend ask about this recently, uh, didn't you? In fact, I did. It may be the inspiration for this very <laughs> grab bag. So, Mr. DP, you will remain anonymous, uh, recently had, so this was a, a situation, I had a friend who felt they had made a mistake on their application. I think after we talked about it, it, it was not. They felt that, you know, they hadn't fully answered a question, but it was not a lie. It was not a mistake. It, I think this in this situation, it could be worth bearing out the details The details? Of it. All yeah. right. So, uh, the question was... Have you had experience managing people? And he said yes. It was just a yes-no question on the general organization's application, right? And then he said, you know, I think I should have said no because I, I've never had no anyone. Reports, no right? one's ever reported to me. Right. I said, but you, you do manage people. And so we talked about it. And he, he does project management as his job. So he's always a team leader. He's always organizing people from different departments. And so while he's not in charge of doing anyone's end of the year review or recommending them for a raise or a promotion or anything like that, he certainly is managing people within a project. So I said, that's not a mistake. It's not a lie. Don't have this. He had this knee-jerk reaction that he needed to correct that or explain it. Just let it come up naturally in the interview if it comes up if they say well tell us about some of the times you manage people you just say well i've done all this project management stuff and then if they say have you ever been directly responsible you know as as to have a a reportee and then you just say no i haven't had that experience yet but i've had the responsibility of managing a group of people exactly i think that they're when an employer is asking if you can manage people it's more those soft skills of how you bring a team together how you develop someone and less are you filing the paperwork for their hours if they're an hourly job? I mean, in theory, people can all learn that aspect of it. So they want to see that the more transferable side of it with, yeah, are you fostering their growth? Are you helping them get to their reach their goals? And it sounds like uh, your friend DP was uh, doing that in his, in his project. So Absolutely. certainly not something to call attention to. Right. So we <laughs> talked about it. And then, in fact, in the interview, that's exactly what happened. They talked about you know, how do you see yourself as a manager? And he talked about the work he's done as a project manager. And it was all very fine on the up and up for sure so that's a one type of thing where you might oh yeah maybe think i made uh, an error but i didn't but what if i actually made error? what if i made a spelling mistake Uh, it's probably going to be a little thing like you're not going to accidentally put you were the director of career services yeah and Uh, in those cases 
that's a different thing. That's often an ethical thing, and usually that's not done accidentally, in which case it's a whole separate right. conversation. I think one thing that I talk about in a, a resume and cover letter workshop I give is something that is a pretty big deal if you are not careful about keeping track of how you name a document. I think an easy thing, you can say company X in the first paragraph. I'm really interested in working for company X for these reasons, but forget that you've added in at the last paragraph, you repersonalize it at the bottom right before you sign off and you're actually talking about company Y. And you didn't catch that and now mm. you've got two different two different companies or just straight up the wrong company in a cover letter if you aren't organized and keeping track of it. Sometimes, depending on the company and if it's a direct competitor, this could honestly be That's it. a fatal flaw. This could be something that you can't come back from. I usually say in this case, especially if it's the scenario I just described where it's like company X in paragraph one and company Y in the final paragraph, maybe this is something that you could skate by with. I would not draw extra special attention to it and point it out. Now, it depends on how the processes work, too. If you apply directly to the company, you submitted those documents through their portal, they have those documents. If you've only done it through Handshake, there is a chance that you could call it back and resubmit before they've seen it. Mm -hmm. This is a little bit different than our previous platform where employers were not able to access the files, and especially for on-campus recruiting, only for on-campus recruiting, until a schedule closed, until you were no longer able to post for it. In Handshake, employers could go in day to day, and they can even, I believe, set their settings so they're emailed daily with their applicants. Yes, and they can even set it to as, like, as literally they as they come in. Right, so if that's the case, then they probably have your original document but it's still potentially worth just fixing it in the platform in case they haven't. So there's always that recourse. Now, if it's something different and it is a spelling error, or I think more commonly, um, it could be that you've gotten more experience since you applied, especially at some of these things that maybe you just you know had a connection and sent out feelers a few months ago, and now you have really tangible experience that you've gained through this academic semester, and you wanna call attention to that. In that case, if you've just got more experience you want to highlight or you want to make sure that they see all of the great things that you've been doing and that could include new grades again depending on the timeline this may or may not be feasible but if you have a really strong semester and the document that they have is a little bit dated and doesn't reflect your most recent fantastic grades this is fine to reach out to that hiring manager and say I want to make sure you have the most up-to-date version of my document um, I've done some really exciting things and I want to make sure that you have the current version of my uh, materials and that would be my approach even if there was an error in something too uh, I want to make sure you have the most up-to-date version and not call attention to the typo on line four. There you go. You know, we looked at an article that was in The Muse about this. Love The Muse. And they had some great suggestions about little things like what if you, in your cover letter, if you had the name of the person, what if you misspelled their, their name? For example, like Milan might be a tricky name. They might have misspelled that. Or a little thing like um, the example they used was what if it's a Nicole with a C-H and you just put C-O-L-E, because that's how you're used to spelling it. You can always, in your thank you, just put a P-S and, oh, I'm so sorry, I accidentally spelled your name wrong. I hope that you can forgive me. Just a, a, a small apology, something like that, because that probably happens to that person all the time. Or if they said, you're, if you said the name wrong in the interview, you must get this a lot. It's true. I never hold my name against sure. anyone. I will say it's one of those things, especially if you're interviewing for a position where one of the things that they're stressing is, is attention to detail. I have an accent on my name. Uh, my first E has an accent grave on it, and I'd say 90% of the time when I get correspondence, it does not have it on it. When I notice that someone has 
gone out of their way to add that accent. Sometimes Outlook is not everyone's friend because you can see a different font choice sometimes or if they've copied and pasted it for something. I always just think that's a really personal and nice touch. It goes, it's more like it works in your favor than it works against. And same thing with the pronunciation. Again, if someone just pronounces it wrong, especially in an interview setting, I know that they're nervous. I know that it's not the thing that is front of mind for them. But if they do make an effort to say, I'm unsure of how to pronounce it, could you just say it for me so I hear it? That again shows confidence. It shows that they're, you know, it's an awkward situation. The fact that they're addressing it is nice. And I, I always do appreciate that. Great. But yeah, it's more something that, like you said, if it's a Nicole with an H that's spelled wrong, that's probably something we see all the time. It may be a pet peeve of theirs. If you do acknowledge at the end, I'm really sorry I didn't catch that, I, you know. And you obviously address the next letter correctly and, going and, forward. And then be consistent about mm -hmm. it after. That's, I mean, so this is a very little thing, but I generally do not like to be called Mike. <laughs> There's very, very few people in my life that call me that. And so usually, you know, people will ask me, oh, do you prefer Mike or Michael? I always say Michael. Or if somebody is taking the call me, I say, you know, I do, I do prefer Michael. Or Mikey. Well, never that. <laughs> never that. That, no, that is, the worst. that's a trigger for me. <laughs> um, but there are, I could, there are two people in my, that have come into my life recently that just won't, they just always call me Mike. And I always try to be nice about it. I always try and say, Michael. Uh, and uh, there's a, the, clearly there's no changing it. So uh, luckily that's just in a social circle. But if that were in a professional setting, you know, if I had a hire who kept calling me Mike, I would start to hold it against them, particularly if they could see, like, all of my correspondence. Right, exactly. Michael. Their signature is always your friend. I had a situation with a vendor, so not an employee, but a professional relationship where the vendor asked me what I preferred, and I said, Michael, and then stuck with Mike for all our correspondence, and I kept signing everything, Michael. Why did you even I was ask? I like, why did you ask? Why did you ask? Yeah, and so I uh, don't believe that person got our business. Right, especially when it's a vendor situation. I mean, that's that's really tough. So all of these little details, it's important. I think that this is just really a case to make another pass over it before you submit, whether that's even having a friend review. It's so, so easy in those, you know, this document you've looked at a hundred times for your, your eye to be reading the thing correctly. So having it, shopping it out, having one of us, someone in career services take a look at it, or a friend who just has fresh eyes, always worth it. I know I've mentioned this in different capacities here on this podcast, but I'll say it again. If it's in one of those all caps sections on your resume, mm. unless you've made adjustment to the built-in settings for your spell check, spell check does not right spell it. check all of those all cap sections. So we've literally had applicants to career services spell experience wrong because you type it quickly and you're doing it in all caps and it's kind of weird and you don't notice that it's missing an I or whatever the case is. Just be extra careful That's in some such of those a sections. key thing. I always tell people to make that adjustment. I mean, I uh, have that problem when I am writing uh, scripts because you have to do a lot of all right, caps right. writing in, in headers sure. and character names and I absolutely have to have that turned on yeah. or or like a good third of my document is going to get not spell checked. Right. And, you know, sometimes you'll have that annoying red line underneath an acronym or something, but you can deal with that as long as you catch the actual typos in the real words that are all caps. <laughs> All right. Well, I can see down here at the bottom of the bag. Our last scrap there's of one more question <laughs> down here, and it's can career services help me relocate? Uh, so whether I guess that means either for the summer 
were permanently after graduation? And the answer is yes and no. We definitely have resources. There is a section on our website called Housing Resources and Relocation, and we have both national resources and by city, you know, the more popular destinations of, of Penn students. So New York, D.C., Philadelphia, Boston, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Atlanta is on there. So it's a good spread kind of across the nation. Portland is on there, Seattle. So um, if you know where you're headed, you can take a look at those um, city sections. And we have local realtors, national things, you know, where you can find apartment listings and sublet information. Um, it's a frustrating thing. It's a frustrating thing when you're a student. It's a frustrating thing when you're an adult looking at renting or, or purchasing real estate. And so I always just say, you know, like cast a wide net. Now, there are a couple of things that we also recommend. One, try and connect with other Penn students who are making the same transition. Or with the alumni groups who are there too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you can do this. We tried having forums on Facebook by city for specifically this, and it didn't really, because there'd be bursts of activity around this time of year, and then and then it was just sort of full of spam bots. The rest of the year, we ended up shutting them down. But you can start these conversations in the LinkedIn groups for sure, and a- ask for contacts in a Penn Alumni Club city group, right. or t- some, uh, some of our uh, local resources are also through Penn sources, so you can connect with them that way. Uh, we also were recently given a demo of a, a resource that was already on our site, but we got a, got a deep dive exploration with a site called Very Apt. It's really aimed at people who are graduating and making a, a move for a job and less for temporary summer housing. But what I liked about it was not only could you search for all the amenities that you would want, you know, how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, very specific you know like does it have a gym does it have this that really got you to drill down on what you wanted out of an apartment but also let you search within cities by landmark by like what it's near so if you're searching in philadelphia the list was you know by philadelphia museum of art by the university of pennsylvania by drexel by the liberty bell by south street you know and i think the thing that for our students is a real uh, attractive is you can put down your maximum commute time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to travel more than X amount of minutes than I'm going to be working in this neighborhood. So, I wish I had known about this resource. I was talking to a friend who was thinking of moving to Philadelphia and may or may not have been working near the airport. And I was using my own knowledge of SEPTA and routes and thinking about like what neighborhoods make sense. And it wasn't always intuitive. Like even though South Philadelphia is closer to the airport, the public transportation doesn't quite run that way. So I was doing like typing in just guess addresses and kind of seeing what like a transportation, like a Google map route with public transportation was. So it was time consuming. This is This is an excellent resource if you're only somewhat familiar with an area, but you have a sense of like what neighborhood you like or like like you said, what landmark you'd like to be near. Right. Very cool. Something else I've referred students to in the past, if you're staying on campus for the summer, you know, if you're going to be taking classes or you have an internship in Philadelphia and you need summer housing, is the off of the DP, there is the Penlets website where people put up their housing for sublets for the summer. So that is a great place to connect with people who are on campus looking to rent their rooms out for the summer. That's a great Convenient choice. for everyone. Yeah. So take a look at the housing resources section. It's in our job and internship section about moving. There are some cost of living calculators on there as well, which can be very helpful when you're considering moving to a new city. Um, and then lots of lots and lots of resources for apartment hunting. 
it's a tough thing. They're not really endorsements that we're making. They're just resources that we've looked at and said that this could be pretty helpful. There may be fees associated with some of them. Uh, very apt, there's no fee. They have a concierge service also where they'll take you on tours of the properties that they represent. So you get to go and see them in person. That's a really nice feature too, and that's and that's all free. That's free too. Yeah, Very it's all cool. free because they get they get it right. on the other end. If you rent the place, they right. get a commission. So you know that sort of thing is great because that person's really eager to get you into the the spot. But um, the other thing about Very App, they have people you can call, so you can do it all on the website, or you can call concierge and say, "I'm moving to Philadelphia. I don't want to be more than 25 minutes away from the University of Pennsylvania." he will say, he or she will say, well, here's the buildings that we have in that area. So worth looking into, I thought. Definitely, definitely. This is the time of year for it, too. Thinking, I move into Chicago. Where am I going to live? Check it out. Windy City. Uh, I came very close to living in Chicago, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> I visited once in June. It was delightful, but I don't think I could oh, do it. I, I <laughs> went in March, and I was like, oh, never mind. Nope. <laughs> I'm good. Um, back to Philadelphia I go. <laughs> Well, we have one more episode left in the season as we come to the end of April and the spring semester. And we have uh, something special planned for next week, so I hope you'll join us then. And episode 65. 65. We celebrated our 50th, 60th, and 65th episode all this season. That's fantastic. So we thank you always for joining us, and we'll see you for one more, uh, the season three finale of CS Radio. This podcast is produced by the University of Pennsylvania Career Services Office, a division of the Vice Provost for University Life. Your hosts are Amy Lynn Kirshner and J. Michael DeAngelis. It's produced, mixed, and edited by Karen Yang. Our theme music is Gotta Keep Moving" by The Losers, used under a Creative Commons license. We'll see you right here next time on CS Radio.